You only got one shot with me. <laughs> you know what? I only need one shot. <laughs> there you go. I only need one shot. You ready to get started? Culture comms and cocktails is internal comms served straight up. So settle in, drink in the knowledge, some shaken, some stirred, and maybe even some with a twist, and enjoy the top shelf guests I have lined up for you. I'm your host, Chuck Ghost, strategic advisor at Social Chorus, and on this episode of Culture Comes and Cocktails, should say the premiere episode in 2020 for Culture Comes and Cocktails, we have Tom Dykus, Senior Manager of Internal Communications at Herman Miller. Tom, welcome to Culture Comms and Cocktails. Thanks, glad to be here. And grab a seat here at the Culture Comms and Cocktails Lounge, and let's get started. And maybe first off, Tom, to see what kind of brand advocate you are there for Herman Miller. What is the Herman Miller chair that you sit in every day or most days? So that, that's a really good question. Since I move around quite a bit, I sit in virtually all of our chairs on any given day. Uh, but my desk chair and my preferred chair is the Embody. Uh, it fits me really well. It moves with me. And the best part about it to me is that it has an expandable seat pan so I can get it wider and longer for long legs. Well, I'll make sure you have my address so you can send me a, a chair post uh, interview today. Sounds good. We first connected years ago at the very first PRSA Connect in Atlanta. And that event has changed quite a bit in those years. I've worked at several places in that time. However, you have worked at Herman Miller during that time. So what is it, Tom, about the culture at Herman Miller that's kept you around? So, yeah, I mean, that was, that was a long time ago. That was going back like 10, 11 years now, maybe even a little longer. And, and uh, I've actually been at Herman Miller for 21 years. Um, and really, I think when people ask the culture question to me, it really, it really lands on, I've had some really great leaders here um, that have have cared for me and cared for my development and my my career and they've really been super helpful along the way um so that helps that keeps you that keeps you engaged personally you can see your career grow and kind of kind of take off and go in the direction you want it to go um additionally i think that herman miller in general at least in in the area in the part and being here in west michigan um it's a pretty close-knit community for lack of a better way to say it and so you get to know people over that time. I still, I still talk to and connect with people I've worked with five, 10, 15 years ago. Um, interestingly enough, I've been associated with Herman Miller since I was a wee little lad. Uh, my dad had a nearly 40 year career at Herman Miller. Um, and so I remember running around these buildings as a five, six, seven, eight year old child um, terrorizing the place, probably stealing some office supplies, uh, stuff like that. So really it sort of is in my blood a little bit. Um, so those, those two things kind of set the framework and the groundwork for, for why I stayed here and have been here for so long again. And then it's, it's opportunities to grow, opportunities to learn new things, um, really have access to information, access to people, uh, get to work pretty closely with leadership teams. Um, and really make an impact on the business, the culture, and the sort of the employee perspective here through my job and different roles that I've had throughout my career here. No, I'm going to have to reframe my next question here because 
what I was going to mention was that you didn't start out in comms at Herman Miller, but I didn't know we were going to go back all the way to your elementary days of school <laughs> running around. So I love that family history, yeah. Tom. That's something I didn't know about until we started doing this interview. So that's really cool. My, yep. my story is a little bit similar in that I was a GM brat when my dad worked at GM. So yep. I, can, I can certainly understand those family ties. But you didn't start out in comms. Now, you weren't working there when you're in elementary school. I don't think so. Maybe the labor laws in Michigan nope. are a little different. So tell, <laughs> tell us about your career journey there at Herman Miller. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm one of those uh, maybe case studies of have no idea what you want to be when you grow up until you're grown. Um, and so when I was in college, I had a wide range of, of majors and interests from hey, I want to be a teacher to, no, I don't want to be a teacher. Hey, broadcasting and communication seems fun. Um, I have an interesting story about how that career path changed for me. Um, finance and, hey, stockbroker seems cool. Let's go try that. And, and none of those really worked out for me in, in college. Um, so I got a job working at Hermiller again. Obviously, had the family connections. I, I worked in manufacturing for eight or nine years. Um, on different shifts, doing different roles, and really kind of decided at, at some point that, hey, I, I need to do everything out here that I can. I volunteered for just about every different job, every different role you could, uh, mostly because um, working on a manufacturing assembly line, that, that, that bored me pretty quickly, so I wanted to do stuff where I could help people I could have a little bit of influence on the direction of what we were doing. So I apply, I, I went and took on roles like um, production coordinator, HMPS facilitator, which is really lean manufacturing out on the shop floor, um, stuff like that. I then, I don't know, after a few years of doing that, I got some good advice from a colleague of mine who I coincidentally sit right across from right now. Um, and, and she basically told me, hey, you have you have more talent and skills and you need to get your crap together. I think that was a direct quote. <laughs> and uh, so she said, start doing some development things. Let's, let's work on that. And, and I did that and, and had the opportunity along the way to go back to school. One of the great things about Herman Miller is that they pay tuition reimbursement. So um, back, back then too, this is another interesting story that I, I tell younger team members of mine now that, and they look at me like I'm crazy, but you probably remember, Chuck, back when you were, you were in college, they had major books. Nothing was online. You actually had a, like, 700-page thick book that described majors. So I was kind of flipping through that one day, trying to get some direction in my life, and, and PR and comms and advertising came up, and I started reading. I was like, hey, I'm kind of good at that. I'm kind of good at that. I like that. I like that. So that's sort of how I've shaped my direction. I started to go into school for PR at Grand Valley, taking those classes, um, looking for ways to put that to, into practice at work and manufacturing. Had the opportunity then to do a, a development program here at Herman Miller where um, I went to work on the employee engagement communications team as a communication specialist. And really it was like a nine month to one year internal internship. Um, and that sort of started and launched my career in communications. At the end of that, I, I got hired full time to, to work on that team. Um, and over the last 10 or so, 11 years, have had different roles there from communication specialist to 
a focus on driving and building employee engagement, and then shifting into leadership roles, leading that team, and now as senior manager of, of internal communications. Um, you, you know we've talked a little bit about this, the changes that are happening here. When I started my career in communications, it was an HR function. Now it's shifted over to marketing and working on building a much more global um, perspective and global team. And that kind of led us to the lounge a little bit and, and how we do communications differently. So I don't know, that's probably a fairly long-winded career journey, but really using that manufacturing background as a base has, has given um, me some different opportunities, some different perspective in how we do communications and kind of keeps us uh, keeps me and our team grounded a little bit and don't don't forget about you know the deskless worker the the non-connected worker and, and keep some of the down and dirty tactics that are tried and true yeah i think some of that college stuff is on the line now tom so thanks yeah. for dating us it's out on the line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and in 2019 so let's, we'll just round and say it's about a decade ago we we first met at that uh connect event uh, mm -hmm. 2019, we did finally get to work together with the launch of The Lounge, which is Herman Miller's new internal comms platform. What were some of the drivers of using this new platform? Yeah, so, so as I mentioned, right, we're, we're sort of taking on a global perspective, new leadership. Um, obviously, it's just that time, right? Everybody is, is using digital tools, the, the rise of mobile platforms. Um, has come along. My, my team and I started looking at a mobile first platform probably three or four years ago, sort of as a, a wish list would be nice to have. So we had done some background research. We sort of had it on our, on our long vision roadmap at the time, probably knew, hey, we probably won't get funding for this. We're not, our scope isn't broad enough to get true value out of something like this. Um, but then we had uh, a new CEO come in um, and as, as she was starting her onboarding journey, we were fairly closely connected to her. In fact, one of the, I was one of the first people at Herman Miller she met um, prior to her starting. And, and so we, we started working with her. And as she was trying to learn and understand how this Herman Miller works as a global multi-brand uh, corporation, we were, we were doing a, a monthly roadshow that we've been doing for like 25 years around here. So again, one of those tried and true tactics, go out and get in front of people. Um, we were doing this roadshow and in between a couple of the meetings throughout the day, I was introducing her to the, introducing her to the rest of my team. And she said to me, I'll, I'll never forget this conversation. She, she looked at me and said, so how do I send a message to everybody in the business? And I said, what do you mean by everybody? She means like, I mean everybody, all 8,000 employees across the globe and across brands. And my answer was, you don't. <laughs> and lesson number one, you don't really tell a CEO you, you don't do something or you can't do something because then you have to go solve that problem. But that, that did spur that conversation, right? I sort of planted the seed in her head that it was complicated. I sort of explained to her how, you know, we do things by email and then we do a little bit of the hope and pray forward on to different brands and hope they do their thing and we lose tracking ability and all that kind of stuff. She said, well, that seems pretty complicated and, uh, and a lot of work, doesn't it? I was like, yeah, it is, but it's the, it's the systems we have and they don't all talk to each other. You know, again, there's just a lot of complication when, when you're dealing with 
a lot of mer- a lot of growth through mergers and acquisitions and stuff like that. So, you know, she's like, okay, understood. And then I didn't really hear much about it for another, I don't know, six or eight weeks. And then my boss came to me and said, um, so you have to go solve this global communications problem. <laughs> and I was like, what do you, well, what do you mean? And, and she said, our CEO would like a platform where she can communicate to everybody at the same time with the same access and also bring the community together in a place. So um, that sort of started the journey of the lounge and, and diving in and saying, hey, we, we've been thinking about this. We think a mobile first platform will work. We've already had a fairly robust internet from a communication standpoint, but really moving to that mobile first platform and looking at how do we bring all of our brands and all of our people globally. And, and, and for those of you who don't know about Herman Miller, we are a manufacturing company located around the globe with um, three shifts of employees in a lot of different places, a lot of different regions, many languages, many technological barriers, that kind of stuff. So it wasn't an easy ask by any means. And from being on site with you and the team, it's really clear how important the Herman Miller brand is to employees. We, we, some of us listening to this might be sitting in a Herman Miller chair right now as you're listening to the podcast. Hopefully how, does, how does this brand play out in communications? How aligned is what the internal comm side is with some of those branding messages that you're sending to employees? So that, that's a really good question. And I'd probably start by answering and saying the brand is super important to, to us at Herman Miller from a value proposition. If, if any of the listeners know much about the office furniture industry, it can be very much a sea of sameness when it comes to the chairs, the tables. They look the same. They act the same. The difference is, you know, who brings quality, who brings the right ingredients to the mix, so to speak, as far as the, the, the construction of the, of the things, the materials that are used, that kind of stuff. So when you, when you look across that and you say, well, why would someone choose Herman Miller versus a competitor? The, proposi- the value proposition really is in our brand. Our brand stands for um, high design, high functionality, um, high quality. You know what you're going to get, and we live that brand out every day. And that trickles back into just how we act as an organization. Everything is cared for to the nth degree when we have events, when we have meetings, um, when we're out in the public space. We, we try to always put that best brand foot forward because that is the value proposition in, in a lot of people's minds and a way of thinking. So from a communication standpoint, on the internal side of it, I, I wouldn't say we're super tightly aligned with the external messaging yet. Um, we're getting better at it and we, we put the same care into our output and our communications as we would on the external side of it. And, and that, that brand feel is there. What I, what I would say is that we're becoming more and more aligned. So as we were going through, and, and you experienced some of this working with us, as we're going through building the tool like the lounge, it isn't just seen as an internal communications project. We partnered very closely with our brand marketing team from a design aspect. Um, with our digital marketing team from a, a user experience and design aspect, and with our editorial teams from the aspect of what is the voice, what is the tone, what are the words we're going to use, how are we going to write titles and subtitles and stuff like that. 
and really it was a, it was a partnership. It wasn't a, a directive from them to say you have to do it this way. Uh, you may have, you may remember some, a lot of conversation around what is the voice and tone externally versus internally. Are we more paternalistic internally? Can we have more fun? Is there, is it a little less formal? Um, but really start with, with the, that human centered mindset and talking with the people instead of sort of at people. Um, but then again, blending those, those two audiences together and those two perspectives together really is what we're working on and driving forward now and, and driving those, those partnerships. We have a lot of conversations lately around leading with people and people stories and how that can build brand awareness, brand advocacy, both internally and externally, and especially through social. So you continue to see the convergence of, of sort of those three functions coming together um, more and more frequently. You had mentioned earlier around in your CEO's involvement and some of her questions and challenges to you. I do see the importance of leadership being involved in the launch of a new internal comms platform, but also just the overall health and interest in the platform. So from a leadership standpoint, how have they evolved with their internal comms activities since the launch of the lounge? Have there been any changes? How have they engaged? How have they been engaged on there? Just kind of speak to leadership at Herman Miller and the lounge and that activity between the two. Yeah, I, I think I'll, I'll back up a little bit to leadership involvement in the build process because I think that's pretty key. Um, obviously, our CEO was a big proponent of go build this thing. And that really helped drive the build process to where we could do it fast and solve a lot of other issues. Um, when, when we were looking at building it, and obviously I'm sure a lot of your other customers go through this with IT security, um, authentication, multiple systems needing to feed to social chorus to get the right information in there, that kind of stuff. <clears throat> we historically always sort of ran into um, a proverbial wall with some of that stuff and it just, hey, it just can't be done. It just can't be done. We're not in a place where we can do it right now. As we, as we built the, the lounge out, we used that as a way to sort of break down a lot of those walls and barriers across the organization to say, actually, it can be done. We just have to think about it differently and get the right people involved. And it really wasn't a, like a directive from us or a directive from the CEO to say, I don't care, go solve it. It really was a partnership with the right teams to say, hey, we have this problem. How are we going to solve it together? And as you know, our, our build timeline, I don't know if we actually did it in the eight weeks we said we were going to build it in, but I do remember the look on your face when I said, yeah, we're going to do it in eight weeks. Um, I think you might have almost fell out of your chair. But we went pretty quickly and solved a lot of problems. And I have um, some colleagues in the same process right now and they keep asking me how do you solve this problem how do you, how do you solve this problem and because they're they're running right into the same the same walls that that we've ran into so i think that's important from the start right when your when your leader says or your ceo and your leadership team says we're going to go do it it gives you some permission to try some different things and to build the right partnerships on the build end of it transitioning to 
interaction, participation, and engagement. Um, our CEO has essentially transitioned her communication to the lounge. So she used to write a letter that we would send out by email to everybody during her first year on the job. She'd do it like once a month, once every six weeks, she'd pen a letter and we shoot it out by email. And so about, I don't know, three, four months ago, in her last letter to the business, she basically said, we have the lounge now, it's a great tool, it's a great place, I want everybody to go there and engage with us there. I'm not writing these letters anymore. We're gonna do them in the lounge. Now she's backed off that a little bit. Instead of, she's still gonna write letters, but they're not gonna be delivered by email. They're gonna be placed in the lounge instead of sent by email. So I think that helps with, with her leading by example. She is in there, um, she probably posts something right now every couple weeks and it's, it's a little, you know, it's a little, it's not, the cadence isn't spot on as, as things pop that she's interested in, engaged in, stuff like that. But I noticed that she's in there just about every week and multiple times a week, liking other people's posts, commenting on their posts, as is a lot of our leadership team. They're not necessarily all super participative from creating content yet, but they definitely are in there watching, liking, commenting on stuff. And it's great when, when they do, because I'll get a, I'll get a note, hey, CEO posted or liked my message today. Did you see that? And I'm like, yep, I saw it, um, that kind of stuff. So people are paying attention to that. We're currently, um, as, as we have a new VP of Global Communications who started in September, right before we launched the lounge. Um, him and I are working pretty closely right now to build sort of an internal executive communications guidebook and plan and really focused on getting the executive team and then L1 and L2 leaders involved in creating content and having a very structured um, guidebook for them using multiple tools. So using the lounge, whether it's, it's long form posts, whether it's social posts, whether it's short videos, long videos, um, whether they do a, like a global broadcast meeting and it's posted in the lounge as a, as a place to go, a destination to go to get the link to click into that meeting, that kind of stuff. So we're, we're in sort of that secondary stage now of, hey, here's our strategy. We, we had permission when we built the lounges, you know, to sort of build it and it doesn't have to be perfect. We want to go build it and get it out there and let it grow. We'll worry about the content strategy and some of that other stuff as it's building and growing so we can, we can see what people want, see what they're um, gravitating toward and, and really see how the tool sort of builds and lives on its own. Um, so I think we're, we're in the beginning stages of getting them involved from a content perspective, but they definitely do use it. And the interesting part I see is our sales team uses the thing like crazy. They're, they're posting content and pictures from, from customer meetings, from team outings, from learning opportunities. Um, and our international teams really use it well too. Our West Michigan US hub is probably the slowest adopter of, of the tool in fact. And why, why do you think that is? Um, I mean, I could infer a lot of things. I, I think our international teams have been clamoring more for a connection to the so-called mothership here in West Michigan mm -hmm. to really show and demonstrate that, hey, they're here, they're a valuable part of the team, 
and they do great work. And so when we opened up that door, they were, they stepped right through it. I mean, they were, they were like, Hey, cool. I'm all about it. Um, the, the West Michigan, kind of the, the base here, because they've been the hub or the center of, of the universe, so to speak, for Herman Miller, it's kind of like, oh, here's another thing, right? They've already had access to the leadership team. They've had access to the information. <clears throat> it wasn't difficult for them to show what they're doing because it all sort of happened here. But we need to change that mindset as we become more of a global company. And that's what the lounge, I think, is, is going to start to help us do and really kind of elevate the full picture and the full breadth of, of who Herman Miller is around the globe. Yeah, something you shared too, which I think is, is important, and this shows maybe some of the leadership there at Herman Miller, leaders are used to sending messages. They're used to, you know, taking it even out of the app or technology environment. They're used to delivering the town hall. They're used to being on stage. They're the ones that own the content, they deliver the content, they deliver the message. I like hearing that maybe they aren't posting stuff, but they are commenting on stuff and they are liking things. And that's where the participation, I think, really starts to resonate with people. Because I think, speaking of our own terms, you expect leaders to post things. You expect them to make announcements. You expect them, you don't necessarily anticipate or expect them to like your post or comment on your post. And I think that's this leveling that we're seeing happen between leadership and employees, especially in mobile, where all content is essentially created equal and treated equally. And so it gets the same appearance. So I think that's awesome to hear that the leaders of Herman Miller have, are not just using it as a platform for themselves, but it's a platform for them to engage with everybody else at Herman Miller. Yeah, I, I think we had a lot of discussion internally as we were building the lounge and starting to build our positioning plan across the business around, do we have enough content to make this tool vibrant and alive every day? Like, what is the expectation of content? Who's going to do that work? Who are your content contributors globally going to be so that a channel isn't empty, right? And that a channel doesn't have fresh content in it, weekly, monthly, whatever the, the bogey is out there. We had a lot of discussion around how much user-generated content we were going to have and or allow. And I know I talked to you about this a little bit. I, we kind of grossly underestimated here just how much user-generated content we were going to get. Um, to the point where we've already had to retool the channel, the, the channel lineup a little bit to organize things differently because the feed moved so fast that the, that the curated content, the corporate content was getting pushed and people were missing it. So um, that took us a little bit by surprise. We figured we'd have some early adopters. We didn't figure we'd have so many early adopters from a user generated content perspective. But again, yeah, so that, that's what really makes it really cool and fun to watch is that user-generated content and then the leadership team and other leaders, not just the executive leadership team, but leaders in general and other people around the business having that interaction on a sort of individual level. And just hearing some of the stories you shared, hearing about you know, the leaders going in there and not just posting, but liking and commenting and also hearing the sales 
individuals in your organization really grabbing onto it and sharing kind of either parts of their day or what they're seeing or who they're interacting with and giving some people insight into their life every day. Have there been any other pleasant surprises or I guess specifically what I'm looking for here, is there like a piece of content that, that you think back to that you're like, yep, we, we nailed it. This is exactly what this organization needed because somebody posted or shared something in there. We, we celebrated manufacturing month back in October and we were scrambling a little bit because we launched our app on September 30 and manufacturing month was in October. So it was like, hey, what are we going to do for that? So we quickly pulled together some stories from our manufacturing teams from around the globe. And one sticks out in particular was, uh, I think it was the HMPS manager. <clears throat> we, did a, we did a quick interview with, with him and, and posted on the lounge. It was all about like, you know, what's cool about your job? Why, why do you like working in manufacturing at Herman Miller, that kind of stuff, you know, a, a basic interview. <clears throat> and he sent us an email, actually, he sent Kayla and my team an email to say, I really appreciate the opportunity to, to do this and be featured on the lounge. Um, I showed it to my wife and she was crying about how cool a story was. And I've gotten like 10 notes from people that I've worked with over my career that I no longer work with congratulating me and just saying, Hey, good to see you out there again. Keep up the good work, that kind of thing. So we sent that feedback back to our CEO and she said, this is exactly why we need this kind of a tool. So to your point, what's that piece of content that said, this is why we do it. It does mean something to people and it, and it is those connections that we build. And I'm sure, especially to a company like Carmen Miller, you have people who, work their entire careers there and they do crisscross paths with people in certain jobs and then they switch jobs and they don't see each other maybe again because of work or schedules or shifts or whatever and then all of a sudden they see this person again in the lounge and it brings that company back together where companies start to expand and pull apart then content like that brings everybody back together because of those personal relationships we all have yep i agree with that Tom, thanks again for doing it. It's one, it's been great to work with you and the team there on launch of the lounge. And, you know, as an advisor, we, we get to work with companies and we put together plans and fingers crossed that they work. But then hopefully the idea is that through conditional work and working with leaders, those plans change and the program continues to expand. And it sounds like exactly what has happened there. So kudos to you and the team for continuing to build the lounge, uh, make it a, a key component there of the Herman Miller culture and from everything I see doing the right thing with the platform. Thanks. And, and, and the same, it's been great working with, with you and your team, with Sharmila on the build with Ernest. Now um, you've, you guys have been a great resource for us too. Like, obviously I send you random questions every now and then about, Hey, what should we do here? You got any advice? And you know, you usually come back with some pretty cool ideas and thoughts and, and that does help us as we're, diving into the new platform and looking to build our strategy and our content strategy out over the next several months and years and how we build and maintain and cultivate our culture through the app. So it's been, I think it's been a great partnership as well up to this point. So you were a little more quiet during college football season though this year. You didn't really ask me any Ohio state Michigan questions or anything this year. Well, you know, it happens. (laughs) You got to kind of foresee that coming a little bit. So you, you know your place. The podcast is called Culture Comes to Cocktails. We talked about the culture there, the communications activities that you've 
been a key contributor and leader of uh, there at Herman Miller. But the podcast is Culture Comes and Cocktails, Tom. So what is your favorite cocktail? Uh, I'm a beer guy. So uh, you can give me a beer, just about any kind. Now, with the boom of the craft beer industry, there's about 50,000 kinds of beers. If I can narrow it down, I would say I'm more of a, a browns and a reds guy. Not so much a hoppy uh, double IPA guy, but pretty much any beer is good with me. Now, being there in Grand Rapids, which there's a good brewery culture there, I, I want to get Beer one City, good, USA. I want to get a really good specific beer recommendation from you for our, for our beer listeners. Like if you were to go home today and crack one open, what, what, what would it be? Um, if I was going to go home and crack one open today, uh, my fridge has Coors Banquet beer in it, the original Coors, which mm-hmm. is a good standby go-to. Um, if I was going to go to a brewery, there's a, a little brewery in Sparta where I used to live. I've since moved. Um, and they had a really good Irish ale. Um, it was called Leprechaun's Beard, I believe. And that, that would be my go-to whenever I'd go to that brewery. In fact, it'd be like, Hey, are we going out tonight? Yep. Let's, let's go to there and start there and have a few of those and then we'll figure it out. Um, so that, that'd probably be my one really specific. It's a small little brewery in a small little town. Um, but it's a really good Irish ale. Well, if you're listening to this and you're on Twitter or LinkedIn and you've had, what was it? What was the name of the beer again? Leprechaun's beard. Leprechaun's beard. If you've had a leprechaun's beard, let us know and see if if Tom is correct in that. So, well, Tom, thanks again for being on Culture Comes Cocktails. All you've done there to lead the efforts of the lounge and continue to hear great stories coming from it. So, again, kudos to you and the team for all the great work you've done. Thank you. Pleasure being here. If you enjoyed what you heard from this episode and want to check out others, find Culture Comes and Cocktails on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. And when you do, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any future episodes. This has been Culture Comes and Cocktails, internal comms served straight up. Thanks for listening.